On this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to start conversations surrounding the top storylines with the Houston Texans ahead of training camp in terms of the quarterback position and the offensive line. Cody, let's go ahead and get this show started. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Cody Davis. Got to talk about training camp, which is in a few days. Storylines, which will affect the season starting off next week, heading into preseason, and we'll see how the 53-man roster plays out and who starts, who is a backup. Cody, one of the biggest storylines right now, in your opinion, is go. Man, of course we have to talk about the quarterback position. And of course, Man. we got to talk about Davis Mills. Now, John, look, ever since what, week 10 of the NFL season last year, we have talked a lot about Davis Mills. And of course, the number one storyline surrounding Davis Mills heading into training camp is how does he look? What does his development look like? And most importantly, can he continue his development? Can he continue his success throughout the 2022 season? Because we all know if he goes out there and has a great season, then you're looking at the Houston Texans moving forward with Davis Mills as a franchise quarterback. However, if things look bad, then I guess we'll start gearing up to see who we're going to take, CJ or <laughs> Bryce Young. But... We, we already know that's the top storyline surrounding the Texans quarterback position. However, John, when I look at Davis Mills and I look at the storylines, I want to take it a little bit further. And the number one storyline that I'm looking at in terms of going into training camp is will Davis Mills generate enough buzz around his name that he can finally start to get the respect that he deserves? And I came up with this storyline because, look, we all know that Davis Mills has been one of the most disrespected players throughout this whole entire offseason. And to make matters even worse, our own network, the Locked On NFL channel, recently did a vote. I guess it was a vote that they did with Bet Online, and they listed out the top 50 most valuable players entering the 2022 season. And prior to Baker Mayfield getting traded to the Carolina Panthers, Davis Mills was, he made the top 50. He was top 50, number 50. And I will say this <laughs> list is based off of players who moves the betting line mm -hmm. in terms of 0.5 or a full, you know. So this is, this is based off money and, and betting to, to, to kind of wrap it up, you know. Yeah, so like I mentioned, prior to Baker Mayfield getting traded, he was top 50, number 50. After Baker Mayfield got traded to the Panthers, and look, and Baker Mayfield should have been smack dead in the middle of this list. He came in at number 26, which means Davis Mills fell off the map. I'm not mad due to the fact that Davis Mills fell off the map. However, John listeners and viewers, I am more upset by the fact that not only did he fall off the map, not only when he was on the map, he was number 50, but the fact that they had the audacity to put the entire quarterback class of 2021 ahead of Davis Mills so far to the point it just 
It just shows the disrespect that Davis Mills has around his name. Really quick, I'm going to tell you where these starting, the second year quarterbacks are ranked as of right now. Matt Jones, number 19, which is respectable, which is understandable. But at 20, Trevor Lawrence, 23, Justin Fields, 25, Zach Wilson, 28, Trey Lance. Once again, John, listeners and viewers, and I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk about this. But I do not understand why, in terms of second-year quarterbacks, Davis Mills always get the short end of the stick. But in terms of production, in terms of numbers, in terms of just a rookie quarterback being in a bad situation, Davis Mills had the best rookie campaign out of all of these rookie quarterbacks, of course, with the exception of Matt Jones. And if he goes out and has a really good training camp, you're looking at a standpoint where Davis Mills will finally starting start start to get some respect on his name. Cody, I can care less about that list. I don't think Davis Mills is uh, – in terms of training camp, the disrespect doesn't matter right now. I, I, the list doesn't matter right now. Anything that has to do with numbers affecting um, – a, a group outside of the Texans doesn't necessarily matter to me. And I think going into training camp, this was, this would should matter. First and foremost, last year, Davis Mills was first in the NFL in passer rating 123.5 on throws 20 or more yards down the field. This is also a second year quarterback going into a first year offensive coordinator. He will be working with Pep Hamilton. We know based off what we were able to see in this time during his time in Indy that Pep Hamilton likes to put the ball in the air. We've seen a lot of five to seven step drops during his time when he worked with Andrew Luck. And I, and I think that's why Andrew Luck is no longer in the NFL because they didn't get him an offensive line fast enough. But that is what I'm looking for. The chemistry between those two going into training camp during training camp, coming out of training camp. That is the only thing that I believe that matters in terms of Davis Mills because we talk about the quarterback group. Let's be honest. We have to use that word group very loosely. That mm. group has Kyle, uh, Kyle Allen, uh, Jeff Driscoll. I know I'm missing someone as well. But that group is, is not a group. It's Davis Mill, Mills and the rest of the guys that has to fill a roster spot. And so it's not a quarterback fight. I, I think it was more so of a quarterback who's going to win it and not last season compared to this season. Uh, it, it's not – uh, for, for Mills, this is the opportunity where you have nothing else to worry about outside of learning your playbook, getting chemistry with your receivers, getting on the same page as Pep Hamilton – getting protected by your offensive line, which we'll get into. That's the only thing that matters. That is the biggest storyline surrounding this quarterback group, Davis Mills, heading into next week for training camp. The the outside noise, the disrespect, this is the city of Houston. We have the Astros. We've had the Rockets when they were good. We have the Houston Texans. The outside media disrespect, that's going to happen. doesn't matter right now. Let that start mattering. Let's get up in arms and mad about that during the season. Right now, it's time for practice and for Davis Mills. You know, is that release going to come out? How, how, how quicker is that ball going to come out your hand? How is it going to spin? Are you able to know when and when not to use your feet? Listen, Davis Mills ran a 
four, five, eight. He has some speed under his legs that he'd be able to use if he gets out the pocket and able to make some of these plays, keeping his head downfield. That's important. So, again, the biggest storyline right now is growth from year one to year two, getting on the same page with Pep Hamilton. And your receivers out there, not not named Brandon Cooks, especially Nico Collins and John Mechie, more importantly, Nico Collins, let's see you get a real rhythm going heading into the regular season. Really quick before moving on, because we're talking about training camp, another storyline that's not going to get too much buzz, but I will be keeping an eye on, is Kyle Allen. Um, This is a guy who did not have the best voluntary uh, workouts, and this is a guy that did not have a very good mandatory minicamp. But at the end of the day, he is number two in his quarterback group, and we do have some expectations for the Houston Texans in 2022. And if anything happens to Davis Mills, he will be the first quarterback up to, to fill in for him. So Kyle Allen, I'm looking at him. And John, listeners and viewers, I'm going to say it right now. If Kyle Allen continues to struggle during practice, I would say it might be in Nick Casario's best interest to explore the quarterback market to see if you can find another valuable backup. Because if he gets to the point where you're calling Jeff Driscoll's name, then we're really in a bad situation. Yeah, but you know what? It shouldn't come to that, Davis Mills. You should not lose your job to any of these quarterbacks. No, no, I'm not saying that he's losing. I'm just saying like if the injury of COVID or whatever the case might be take place. Like Davis Mills, he, he bet not. Well, and I will also add really quick before moving on, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans take preseason as a, a extra scouting time to scout who's out there at quarterback. Hey, they mm-hmm. may get some releases out there that they like more than some of the players that they have on their roster right now at quarterback. So we'll see how that plays out. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs, find all of your favorite sports and events, at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news on every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. They have everything. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening today because Bet Online is where the game starts. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Well, this Monday, Locked On gave you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Start on July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. One thing that I like about it, we are going from talking about the quarterback now to the big guys up front that got to protect them. Cody, for the offensive lineman. The storyline surrounding this group, what's going on? There's three separate storylines that I think is important when you look at the Houston Texans offensive line. One, the return of Laramie Tunsil after playing only five games last year. Two, the development of Kenyon Green. He had both an up and down voluntary OTA period, mandatory minicamp period, He looked really good in run blocking. He was so-so in pass protection. And then, of course, I think, which might be the biggest one of all, is Titus Howard. 
And you could break Titus Howard into two separate storylines. One, and of course, we talked about this, I believe, last week, the contract situation. Yeah. He's going into his final year yeah. of his rookie contract, and I do believe at any moment we could get a notification from Adam Scheffner, uh, Aaron Wilson, or whatever the case might be. Maybe John and myself that the Houston Texans have extended Titus Howard for X amount of years for X amount of money. But another important storyline when you take a look at Titus Howard is how is he going to fare going back to right tackle? Now, that is something that we all wanted to see the Houston Texans do, put Titus Howell back at right tackle. However, John, listeners and viewers, this franchise, they, they do have a history switching people around so much to the point it starts to hinder their on-field production. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I would not be surprised if we're looking at Titus Howard saying he does not have the same the, the, the same promise. He does not have the same potential as a right tackle, given how much they just misutilized him throughout the entire 2021 campaign. Titus Howard, big man, out of an HBCU. Uh, just got married, I want to say, last year. They picked up his option for next year, so technically he has this season and next season to prove to the Houston Texans uh, he's worth playing, staying here in Houston. And let me tell you why training camp is so important, because for a player that I believe the franchise isn't 100% sold on, Day one is important, right? And day one, he got started with day one doing OTAs, right? When he got out there, um, when, when, when everybody was out there. Titus Howard has been putting in their work throughout this offseason. Training camp is where it starts. That first preseason game against the Saints, that's a continuation. It's important going into training camp that Titus Howard understands that your money is on the line. And by the way, I'm not somebody that would be mad at Titus Howard if in the future he decides to leave Houston. But right now, your money is on the line, and this offensive line is really counting on you to level it out. Now, Keon Green, I'm not necessarily worried about that. I do think that's a big storyline. By the way, the city of Umbo and Tascacita did give him his own day. He did play at the Tascacita High School, so shout out to Keon Green. But why that storyline isn't necessarily that important to me is because Let's get to training camp first with this young man, right? Uh, he's a rookie. He's going to struggle, and it's not like he was outrageously bad. He just struggled, right? Now in training camp, he's going to get an opportunity to get with the rest of the offensive line group and get better. We are not mentioning, which we should, Cody, a big storyline is the man in the middle, Justin Britt, at I was center. just thinking about The him. justification of not drafting a, a center, in this year's draft, uh, they really believe in Justin Britt, and I'm fair. I'm a fair man, so I do believe that last year, with everything that was going on on the right and left side of Justin Britt, it's kind of hard to be consistently good when everything else is a mess. So now the Houston Texans have seemingly fixed that. They also brought in A.J. Can, played with George Warhop, who they brought into this coaching staff. They have time together in, in Jacksonville. And so overall, this if we can if we can have a headline code, if you're writing an article and the headline would be whatever to describe the state of this offensive line, right now is can the big boys 
get the big bucks. And the big bucks mm. doesn't necessarily come from their play. The big bucks necessarily comes from how well the offensive line is protecting for their quarterback. So how good he's playing. So last season, Davis Mills was one of the most sacked quarterbacks within three seconds, two, two and a half seconds. This year, we need to see him have an opportunity to put the ball in the air. We keep going back to Davis Smith because as an offensive lineman, that is your number one job, especially as a left tackle or if you're Michael Vick quarterback, your right tackle because you're, you're left-handed. Uh, then being able to move the ball, move bodies out the way for whoever is going to be at running back, Marlon Mack, Damian Pierce. I believe Rex Burkhead will get some carries this year, so we'll see how that running back position works out. But for the offensive line, they got to do a better job in keeping people away from their quarterback and at the same time moving bodies the hell out the way. Those are two things that they have been unable to do consistently throughout the past two years. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders Key fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. We'll actually get ramping up pretty soon, man. Hey, really quick. Like, we are at the end of July, which means the beginning of August, which means eventually we're going to have week one of the NFL season Within the next month and a half, you guys don't understand that feeling. So, listen, my wife already knows. Sundays, we can get to church early enough and get on the body <laughs> though. I'm going to go ahead and cash Apple Zell, my tithes and offerings, so I ain't got to pass the plate <laughs> around no more. I'm not doing all that. By 11.22, I'm getting up out of church, coming home, and I'm watching some football, guys. Y'all don't understand how I feel. Cody, I know you're ready. You're going to be at the stadium for half of the home games, for the home games at least, and yeah. uh, half of the season and the rest of the season. I'm sure you'll figure it out. But uh, this year, just like every year in the NFL, I think it's going to be very exciting. The Madden ratings dropped today for the edge rushers. Cody, guess who had the highest rating for the edge rushers on Houston? Hey, gotta be John Grenard. Jerry Hughes clocking at 79. What? John Grenard, number two at 77. Um, Christian Kirksey, who it's kind of weird that they put him on this with edge rush, but Kirksey has a 75. Kamu Grugier Hill, 74. Mario Addison, 73. Ogbo Okorwankwo, 73. Uh, Blake Cashman, 72. Rasheem Green, who we brought in, has six and a half sacks last season with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. He's sitting at 71. And let's see here. Jordan Jenkins with a 69. Christian Harris, 90 overall speed, 68 overall for his rating. Derek Rivers, a 68. And Jalen Reeves, Maven, he has a 68. I suspect this Houston team on Madden is going to be hovering around total between 75 and 76 <laughs> as an overall. Man, I, is that I, like the lowest in the game? Mm, the lowest I think I've seen in my history has been like 
maybe a 72 or 73. One of those years, Detroit was just bad. Like, but Detroit's still bad. Yeah, but <laughs> on Madden, it was bad. It wasn't no, no Megatron. It wasn't no Stafford. It wasn't none of that. It was just whoever uh, mm. playing football for them. But that's the Madden Raiders. I, I think that uh, Jonathan Gennard, I think his rating is is okay. I, I'm okay with that rating. Um, Jerry Hughes ranked at a 79. I thought it was kind of weird, but I will say that with Jonathan Gennard being a 77 overall, I think his blocking shedding, uh, which is at 72 right now, and his power moves, which is at 70, could have been slightly higher. So there's that with Madden. There's so much, and I, I don't want to give anything away, but if John Grenard can stay healthy, he's going to unlock a whole, like a whole new level to his career because he's right there on the edge. Because for, for people like you and I who've covered John Grenard, who talked to John Grenard, who's you know, been around him, seen him at practice, seen him at training camp or whatever the case might be. You can see the potential. Fans, you guys can see the potential when you watch him on TV, when you watch him inside NRG Stadium. There is so much potential in Grenard, but the only thing that's holding him back is his health. John, I'm telling you, if this guy can play an entire 17-game season fully healthy, I'm going. I'm going to go on a record and say that I'm expecting him to have somewhere in the ballpark of ten to twelve sacks for this upcoming season. And I know some of you guys might look at that number and think to yourself, "That's kind of you know that's that's way out there. There's no way in hell he's going to have that opportunity to do that." But when you just look at this guy's work ethic, when you just look at how he's go he, when he goes out there and every single down he's out there on the field, he leaves it out there. Like I'm yeah, so excited to see what John Grenards have. I'm just hoping that he that he's healthy. Yeah, and I will say this: the Houston Texans, which is the youngest franchise in the NFL, they only have four players to get ten or more sacks on the season. Of course, JJ Mario Williams. Uh, Whitney Merciless and somebody who you guys may have forgotten about, not Jadavion Clowney, not Antonio Smith, Connor Barron also has a 10-plus sack season here in Houston. And so last year, Jonathan Gennard got close to it, to being the fifth in that, you know, in a 20-year franchise history with 10 sacks, fifth player to uh, get that achievement. This year, he has to have that on his goals. Every NFL hmm. player – no matter what their role is, they have a goal. And I believe that John Grenard, he has that circled as 10 or more sacks on the year. I think he can get it. It just has to be on the field consistently. Uh, also, the Houston Texans had a, an interesting tweet basically asking who will score the first touchdown on the season. Cody, who do you think it would be? I got Nico Collins. I think this is going to be a really big year for Collins. First um, the Texans, the yeah, first touchdown on the year. I think the Texans, especially that first game, which I believe is the Tennessee Titans, correct? No, Indianapolis Colts, right? Indy. It'll be Indy. Indy. Um, that very first game, I think there's going to be a lot of hype surrounding the sophomore class, i.e. Davis Mills, Nico Collins. 
um had a brief opportunity to talk to collins doing mandatory minicamp he was just telling me just how ready he is for the season so knowing the worth the work that he put in throughout the offseason knowing that his chemistry and camaraderie with davis mills is going to be is going to take another level for this upcoming year i know i i'm expecting nico collins to not only to have a great season but i'm expecting him to have a couple big games and one of the games that i have circled in terms of you know how i'm going to measure collins success for this upcoming year is that is that season opener and john one of the things that you say you want to see him want to see him improve is you know improving that red zone big body receiver he has to go out there and prove that you know he's he's not a number two wide receiver or number three wide receiver for this organization he has the potential to be number one and i could definitely see him and davis mills connecting in the red zone on that very first game yeah again i think he should be able to play that mike williams role that Mike Williams does for the Chargers. Uh, but I'm going to go mm. with uh, Marlon Mack. I think Marlon Mack going to get down mm. here. And, Another guy uh, that got a lot to prove. A guy, listen, who was he playing that first game? The coach. <laughs> you know where he just spent a few years of his life uh, playing in the last couple of years. It was a, a rough marriage. And so um, players and coaches, they have this understanding. If we feel like in this situation you're going to score, and this is against your old team. We're going to give you an opportunity to do so. So I think Marlon Mack will, yeah, Marlon Mack will be the first Houston Texans score on the year. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Find us at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. We got an exciting year. Training camp storylines is what we're going to be talking about. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please continue to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. John, listen to this really quick. First touchdown of the year is a pick six from Derek Stingley Jr. That would just... <laughs> it's just hey, a thought. You know, that's the bet. If that's, if that's like a, a, a one to a, a 10,000 odd... <laughs> Go and put some money down on that. Go and put some money down on that. Man, but until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.